This is Leisha Holmes and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast brought to you by Hoxo Media and I cannot tell you how excited I've been about getting my next guest on. We've known each other for about 12 months I think it is and she has absolutely illuminated her sector and I have to say from a personal level I've just you've been a joy to get to know so with absolute pleasure please welcome to our channel today this is Jen Jackson who is the founder and creator of DNI Talent Solutions. Welcome to you today, Jen. How are you? Hi, hi, Leisha. Thanks so much for that intro. That was absolutely lovely. Um, feeling good, feeling good today. Nice and sunny. Can't complain, can absolutely. I? Um, absolutely, absolutely. It is sunny, and we're both based in the northwest, and that's a rare thing, I think, for us I know. to be able to see that. <laughs> Now, we're obviously recording this in advance of sharing it across the broadcast channels, but I think it's important that, you know, we put some context around your business. You actually launched during lockdown three. So tell us a little bit about how that came about. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it was pretty mental, really. I think that the whole of last year was, was crazy for everyone, obviously the pandemic. I was in a perm job at the time working for Trust in Soda. Um, and I was managing the Manchester office and looking after the contract team over there down in London as well. So that involved a lot of travel. Pandemic hit in March and then obviously everyone was working from home. And I think it got to about June time. Um, I just thought, you know, I feel like a change. My, my other half's business um, was doing really well at the time, Atlas Multilingual. So that was obviously placing um, high volume call centre staff that can speak at multiple languages. So I actually thought, well, I'll go and give you a helping hand, Jonathan. Let's go and get this off, off the ground and let's go crazy. So I did that for about six months, um, six to seven months. And then, um, and then decided that really cannot work with my other half. It's not going to happen. So, um, so um, I, it was it was quite weird. I, I had a conversation with um, Holly Farmer, which is someone that I used to work with, um, and we just shared a lot of beliefs and thoughts about you know the recruitment industry, how people are hiring, you know what's important to us, and. You know, the main big thing was really diversity and inclusivity. We we all, all of the business partners of, of the organisation, so Body Bamkole, Holly Farmer and myself, we all come from, you know, a very mixed background. Yeah. So it was just something that we united on and we just thought this is something that we have to do. We have to push this as much as possible with our clients um, and really try and create an equal equal playing field for all candidates that are going for jobs and and that was that's how dni was born it's a wonderful wonderful story and you know it's very compelling and i think that you've in a nutshell summed up for me what sort of mantra you need to have if you're thinking about diversity and inclusion and it is actually hiring people that come from those diverse backgrounds it's as simple yeah. as that you know you can yeah. talk all the rhetoric you want but if you're not actually engaging with people who have walked the walk, whatever that might be, I mean, for you, I mean, you can give us a bit about your story. I come from a, you know, very, very Ashkenazi Jewish background, you know, very traditional, you know, women didn't go to work, that kind of thing. And I didn't realise I've been pushing against that all my life. But it's only now it's become a topic and a very hot topic in recruitment that I realised that I have been flying that and pushing against that all my life too. So I think it's really, really, um, you know, very strong and, and definitely a USP for you as your business. So um, obviously you've you've launched the company and that's very exciting. It sounds like you've got some pretty, uh, pretty exciting plans ahead of you. So in terms of the fabric of your business, how do you educate your customers 
around the DNI piece then? What, what, what's the landscape like in 2021? I mean, really, the landscape right now is, is you get a lot of companies that, that know that diversity and inclusivity is something that really they should be doing more about. Mm. But I think they don't know how to. And I think part of the problem is the amount, you know, that the time they've got to hire. A lot of the time, these organisations have to hire straight away or they want to yep. the person yesterday, yep. which then doesn't help in terms of their DNI actual plan to hire, because yeah. really it would be more helpful if there was a, a longer plan to hire to then really focus on actually tapping into the different markets and the different people that, that you can approach about opportunities. Mm. I think right now, recruitment is so reactive. Um, you have to work backwards, really, and, and try and think, right, where can I find more people like this? And if you are recruiting a very senior role, don't just do what you have been doing for the last 10 years see if there are other networks other areas that you can tap into yep. to really reach a wider audience um, of candidates and, and that's really what we're trying to do with clients we're trying to educate them and we're trying to give them lots of different options so something that we've been really uh, passionate about is having a huge variety of partners that we can tap into for candidate pools for when right. we're working with organizations and that's exactly what we've done um and it's been been really useful and I, th and I think that you've picked up on some really really you know useful tips here for recruiters no matter what your specialism in that most of us are reactive to the client and the sector's demands you know i'm reactive to the fact that the market has flipped on its head again and it's totally job rich and very candidate short again so you become very reactive to that and I think it's it being mindful of the strategic role that each recruiter takes in educating our clients and it not just being, I think that typically, you know, it was always an HR um, function to talk about anything to do with equality and diversity and, you know, promoting working parent um, sort of psychology and that kind of thing. But actually it's every single stakeholder that takes hold of that process whether that's, you know, your first time in a leadership role or whether you, you know, the managing director of a business, it's really important that you understand that actually having that collaboration, I like the community aspect. So you've got, you've got external partners yourself that you tap into on a project to ensure that you, you're creating a diverse talent pool for your client. That's so they have to be it's really, then, you know, for us, we're giving the clients the options, you know, we're saying, look, you've, You've got all of these different people. These are the reasons why we think they're really suitable for you. And this is the value we think they can bring yes. to your business and the wider team. And then, you know, and, and just talk about really what, what impact it can make on the organization. And the thing is, with diversity, you can't look at it with the same approach for every organization. No. Every organization is different and they're made up differently. Yeah. So you have to understand what's in the organization right now, you know, what value they're getting from it, and then work backwards from there as to what more they need and, and how really they can diversify the whole workforce. Mm. Um, but that's why I'm saying a longer plan, you know, a longer time scale to hire is more beneficial in that situation 
rather than it being I need someone that can start next week which we can still work towards but it's yeah. just not as easy <laughs> not as easy and it's that constant I guess that that balance isn't it between we we have to be commercial with our clients we understand that that time to hire is costing them money effectively yeah. and what we don't want is for you to have a, a the, you know let, let your competitors have the advantage of hiring quicker just because you're not thinking longer term but actually I think over time that will give you the advantage if you are thinking about how to create a more inclusive workplace um, and, and actually there's the added advantage as well if we think about that most markets are talent short by actually creating and opening up other uh, other channels of communication with different talent pools you're actually I guess alleviating that problem which is the biggest headache for all recruiters that we are so we've got we're at such a bottleneck now of talent that ultimately the only way we're going to open it up for us as recruiters is to think differently think creative and surely that's what we should have all been doing if we are truly consultants anyway we should be consulting I know but the thing is 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 you know most of these recruitment organizations we all work in sales and really you know the target is to get you know the candidate placed over you know the bigger wider picture of things and that's why I think you know, DNI Talent Solutions and, and the work me and Holly are doing is slightly different. We're not just trying to fill a vacancy straight away as quickly as possible. We are asking questions to understand, you know, the future of the organisation and where they want to go and really what their hiring plans are well in advance so we can help them more with their diversity hiring strategy do you think that you have a do you think that you because you you're the three of you the three founding directors you come from diverse backgrounds do you think you that gives you an advantage over somebody that maybe is I mean ultimately I, I, don't, all... know gives, I don't know if it gives us an advantage but I think it definitely makes us very 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 passionate I know I'm incredibly passionate about it and I think it I mean, when, when I was thinking about, you know, setting up the business and I did my why video at, at the beginning, for me, it was, you know, I, I uh, my mum's my Filipino um, and my dad's English and I was born in, in Papua New Guinea. Oh, so for me, I've never really felt like, you know, and, and I don't want to say this for sympathy, for, you know, sympathy votes, but I've never really felt like I truly fit in. In the UK, you know, although the only language I speak is English and I went to, you know, um, an English speaking school in Papua New Guinea, I didn't fit in there because I wasn't, you know, I, did, I didn't look like the rest of the Papua New Guineans in the school. And then I came to the UK and I didn't really fit in here because I'd come from Papua New Guinea, had an Australian accent. And, and then, you know, I look really largely Filipino, you know, mixed. Mm -hmm. And then when I go to the Philippines to see family, they just see me as English. Right. So it's mm -hmm. so for me, it was very much like there are definitely other people out there. And I remember having the conversation on holiday in Italy with my dad. I was about... 10 years old and I got really upset I don't know why it happened but I did and I was like dad I, I don't know where where I fit and like what what I'm doing and I think for me that's where the passion has come from I think you know there are other people out there that are kind of like oh you know do I really fit and it's just making those people feel more inclusive understanding their background understanding where they've come from getting rid of any kind of judgments that you might have had previously yeah. and you know just treating them like a normal other 
human being. And I think that's where the passion behind me and Bode and Holly, we all feel the same thing. Um, and that's why I think, you know, when, when we're taking feedback on candidates and interviews and CVs, mm. you know, we do push a, a big diverse shortlist more than, more than anything. It's so, it, it's so important and your passion just oozes out of you it really does and I don't know anyone that's, <laughs> that isn't covered in goosebumps at that story of you being 10 years old and <laughs> that, really, that will resonate with a lot of people whether that's because they've they've, they've got a disability or they're neurodiverse or it's a sexuality or gender thing people do often feel that they don't really fit in um, and actually it could be that they're, they're not of any of those groups, but it just maybe they felt within society, they don't necessarily fit in. So I think, and I think it's a really amazing thing that we're, I think, I feel that we're on the precipice of real change in the recruitment industry, yes. which is why I really wanted to get you on apart from that. Oh no, it's exciting. <laughs> it's excited for you and, you and your amazing business. And I think it's incredible. So what would your advice be to, because obviously our audience is recruitment leaders. So if they're hiring in recruiters into their business, what would you encourage them to do when they look at their internal process? to get the best talent from a diverse talent pool we interrupt this episode of the recruiters recruitment podcast to bring you a message from our wonderful sponsors over at hoxo media now recruitment agencies invest heavily in linkedin licenses because ultimately it's where we're all at given that we spend an average one to two hours a day on our phones the rest of the time is spent scrolling through linkedin looking for unicorn candidates and target clients. Now, if we look at the recruitment training programs that are available, they tend to be focused around outbound phone sales and leadership skills. So how do you, our listener, maximize the huge investment of time and money that is spent on LinkedIn? Well, this is where Hoxo Media is solving this problem for hundreds of recruitment agencies. And we want to share this message with you. Their academy program allows recruiters across the globe being coached in how to optimize their LinkedIn profile, creating daily habits for building out that unbelievable audience, that target audience, where they're producing their own valuable content that engages the right people and ultimately drives content into inbound sales conversations. As I mentioned, they're working with hundreds of recruitment agencies and there are over 300 recruiters every month enrolling on the academy which enables them to increase their knowledge in how to basically develop the best content and maximize the results from LinkedIn. And to be honest with you, the testimonies have been absolutely incredible. So by enrolling in the Academy with just one single payment, you can train your entire business for 12 months, which is why I'm so excited to share this message with you, our listener. So if you're a traditional recruiter like me, and you're an owner of a business or you've got teams working for you who rely on outbound calls to attract clients and candidates, then really you do need to listen to this message and get in touch. You might find that you are using LinkedIn, but perhaps just for sharing jobs on there and you struggle generally for um, original content ideas and ultimately the confidence to actually know what is going to be good content for driving that inbound business. So I would love you to speak to Hoxo Media. Drop me a DM either on the link on this message on this episode or send me a WhatsApp and I can give you more information on how your agency can benefit from joining this programme. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Yeah, so I think really actually reaching out to different communities and different yeah. networks. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you're speaking to a, a business and they want a senior female um you know COO or CIO 
look at you know other business owners other networks and communities like you know that there's a huge amount of black female business owners that never really very rarely get tapped into or asked yeah. you know if they want to go for this kind of role and i think that's just a huge market in itself that is just completely missed why don't people think about that yeah. it really baffles me and it's not just that but there there are other areas that i think people just completely miss out in in total so you know age, ageism is is another thing you know if they're recruited for a senior role and they see a candidate that looks maybe about 30 years old or maybe just a bit less you know quite often and i've seen it previously they think oh no this person's not experienced enough for this organization they're sending the cv and that's where i think it's wrong we have to, we as recruiters have to make sure we are providing a diverse candidate shortlist when we're working vacancies and really tell our clients why we've provided these candidates and what value we think we're going to add to the business absolutely i i totally concur with you and you know there's the there's the phrase isn't there without prejudice but actually very often recruiters unintentionally have such strong prejudice against people but like you say based on age or based on their ethnicity whatever it might be is, is, a, is another thing Alicia like you, you get clients that say no they have to have had a computer science degree or a mathematics degree mm-hmm. um and it has to be you know at a certain university yeah. Yeah. but sometimes actually the best candidate for the role that's got the best experience hasn't been to university so have you considered them yeah. but quite often recruiters who are given a spec from a client will just do the whole tick box you know situation yeah. Yeah. and then they'll just provide based on exactly what the client's after but I do think it's worthwhile just saying actually you know this is what you've asked for but there's also this pool of candidates that you haven't tapped into you've not thought about but I do think they could be very good for you Um, to me it's how it should have always been done it's it's us challenging the equilibrium and making sure our clients are getting the best talent regardless of somebody's age I mean I I, you know I'm, I'm heading to 50 so I'm I'm on the other end of the ages and spectrum where you know people if I get the sense that there's a there's a bit of prejudice because of somebody's age I think well hang on you've just said oh no you want somebody that's got energy and you want somebody that's younger but you know I'm a I'm as bubbly and bouncy as I was at 24 so yeah. you've got to take a person on their own merit so I think it's delightful now the the other element of sort of challenging is is the working parent you know and of course the world has totally shifted and changed in many ways and and I'd like to think the, one of the great advantages of COVID is that it's it's really allowed people to embrace the, the blended hybrid working from home, being in an office. So you're a working mum yourself. You've got a gorgeous little girl. So how are you, how are you coping as a business owner? And what advice would you give to other recruitment leaders who are not only being you know the working parents themselves, but they're looking to sort of give the best support to working parents? Um, I think. I mean, I'm going to say it all the time flexibility is is the main thing and as a working parent as a working mother I think the guilt I felt in previous positions in previous roles not being able to be there for for my daughter for for specific things yeah you know that guilt is awful and and it does stay with you and I think now um you know setting up DNI is also part of the motivation to set up my own organization I can be my own boss and actually take time off when I want to take time off for my daughter and then not have the guilt of thinking 
God, someone's paying my salary and I'm taking this time and I don't want them to think, you know, I'm taking the mick. But you have to, you know, when it's your daughter, family comes first. Um, I think in terms of advice, I'd, I would just say, you know, support all of your you know, parents, all of the parents that work in your organisations and really make, make it clear that you understand for them, their family is the most important thing and work really does come second. I think there are too many employers that don't stress, you know, that element of things. And I think a lot of people get overly stressed and feel overly pressured you know, to perform when sometimes they do have a lot going on at home, especially now that we're all working from home. You can't, you can't escape it, can you? <laughs> no, you can't. Are we, are we, are we, what, what's the expression, I think there's an expression Katie Leeton from Social Chain uses about with the sort of working life at home and it, it's, it's all convoluted now, but hopefully by the time we broadcast this, we'll all have a much better like work-life balance yeah. in the office. So, and what advice, just to finish off, what advice would you give to your daughter around the DNI piece? I mean, she's obviously, she's only, what, she two? Only little. But no, she's just turned four. She's when did that happen? Yeah, I know, I know. They grow so quickly. They really do. But um, just yeah, I think when we first spoke, and then she had a, a third birthday as we went into lockdown. Ah, that was it. And then she had a fourth as we were coming out of yeah. lockdown. Uh, just now, <laughs> so she's in lockdown. I know I can't wait to crop a big party for her, but anyway. Um, so with Lottie, in terms of like the advice I'd give her, I've always, always tried to, you know, tell her to treat everyone, you know, with kindness and just be, you know, helpful for everyone, no matter who they are. I don't think she's at that age really when she doesn't really know know the difference, to be mm-hmm. honest. Children don't see it, do they? No, no, they, they don't, but I'm, I'm constantly pushing it. And I think, most recent, it was only two days ago, I picked her up from school and, and she asked to play in the playground a little bit with her friends. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll stand there and let you play. I was so, so proud of her because I think some of what I'm teaching her is working because well, this little girl fell over in the playground and she was crying her eyes out. All the other kids were running past and, you know, playing and almost bumping into her. But Lottie actually went up to her and asked her if she was okay. Oh. And I literally was like, oh my God, I'm so proud of her. Compassion. Really, really. I've been telling her, you know, yeah. make sure you look after everyone. It doesn't matter who they are. If you see yeah. someone that's upset, make sure they're okay. And she went and she did it. Genuinely, I'm so proud. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. What a gorgeous way to finish this podcast as well, because I'm literally like a proud mum for you, but that's compassion. And actually, I think that's what all recruiters have to remember. It's about being kind, being compassionate, because you're dealing with a human being. And that human being could be you one day. Never forget that. Yeah, exactly. It's so important. It's not just these human beings and that next job is their next venture in life. It's such a big decision. It's not to be taken lightly. And that's where I just think, you know, I'm just mega passionate about it. Love it. I just want to make sure everyone's happy with what they do. (laughs) Well, and anyone that engages with you from this will have the best experience. There's no question about it. Thank you so much for joining us today because I know how busy your schedule is and we look forward to welcoming you in the future, Jeff. Thank you. Take care. Thanks, Lisa. See you. Take care.